Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's largest mortgage lender. I've got great news. Mortgage interest rates have dropped. So if you're thinking about buying a home, right now is the time to lock that low rate, even before you find the home of your dreams. With our exclusive Rate Shield approval, the low rate you lock today is protected for up to 90 days while you shop for your new home. With a Rate Shield approval, if rates go up, your low rate stays locked. But if rates go down, you get that new, even lower rate. Either way, you win. Talk to us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com to take advantage. Here's another great reason to work with us. For a record nine years in a row, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. Again, to lock in today's low mortgage interest rate and get the security of our exclusive rate shield approval, call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. For J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NFL podcast Thursday, October 11th. I'm Doug Norrie. That is James Davis from dailyfantasysportsrankings.com, dfsr.com for short, dfsr.com slash Deals will get you, the podcast listener, a free three-day trial to our projection system, but at a discounted rate than our normal uh, than our normal package. It's normally twenty nine ninety five, but for podcast listeners, it's twenty four ninety five. Optimal lineups for FanDuel and DraftKings NFL NBA less than a week away, coming down the pike. Uh, base hockey projections, premium content, it's all covered under one subscription package. So go check that out. DFSR.com slash deals will get you started. Buddy, you, you pulled the uh, right the righty out of the bullpen yesterday with the week five oh, yeah. recap podcast. You and Darrell, well, I guess not you. You're always on it. Uh, Darrell pulled the more of the the righty out of the bullpen uh, relief performance as my travel schedule got. I don't know. I was gonna. We don't want to get the explicit tag going here, but it was a total complete complete, uh, complete disaster. How did it go for you hosting the podcast for the first time? Uh, it went really well, I would say. I think nobody nobody missed you, as best I can tell. No one reached out and was like, why wasn't Doug there? So I think, yeah, I think it went great. What, what else can I say? I think it was I think it was our best podcast on DFSR ever, would be my guess. <laughs> Strong words. Uh, you guys can just do it. You guys, uh, just like the, the, you write in the cash game articles, you're free to just keep doing that also to, to you from now, from now on, I think. <laughs> if we're just going to call all the things you do without me the best. I think we can just. Share. Well, I'm not. It's not me. It's just like it's just sources close to DFSR are. That's good, man. Fan right feedback now, so. means a lot to us, and so if that's going to be the case, <laughs> we're nothing if not good listeners. So Doug's off the podcast going forward, and the casting world. <laughs> Great, that is going to free up a lot of time for me. Uh, I am traveling right now, but I'm have a strong enough internet connection that we can do yes. this cash. Yeah, the cash game week six. Uh, picks here and just talk, kind of discuss where we think we want to go cash games as we get deeper into the season. There are a couple teams on buys this week. Uh, you know, obviously we have the Giants and Eagles playing tonight, Thursday night, and some interesting games on the Sunday night and Monday night games. But we'll talk about the main slate here for cash games. Now you wrote up, you wrote up the picks. Um, get us started. Here. You wrote up Matt Ryan. Um, you know, I, I always get a little hesitant when I see. Well, guys like Ryan are good for me when the price is very cheap, you know, like in that low 6,000s, maybe even high mm-hmm. 5,000s on, on DraftKings, mid-7s. It's pretty expensive on FanDuel and DraftKings for a quarterback that doesn't run. That doesn't you, isn't usually a guy our system draws out, but it is this week. Are you trusting it completely with a guy like him facing Tampa Bay? Obviously, their, their defense is Garbo. I am trusting him, I think. I mean, it, so right now, basically, our system says it's a toss-up between Ryan and Watson. So it sounds like, you know, given your criterion for good cash game quarterbacks, you might be leaning Ryan already. But the big thing, the two major things I'm keying in on for Ryan here are, 
First of all, his usage. So the last two years, he averaged about 33 passing attempts per game, uh, averaging around 532 on the season. Prior to that, he was topping 600 attempts per season on the regular. And so for whatever reason, I think probably due to their two-headed running back attack, the Falcons kind of went away from, yeah, just letting him air it out quite as often. And with Freeman Hurt to start the season, we saw Ryan come out guns blazing, right? I mean, you know, he was thrown all the time. Some people started or felt concerned that that would go by the wayside with Freeman returning, but it didn't. You know, Ryan got right back to a 38 passing attempts against Pittsburgh. Uh, the fantasy points weren't all there uh, just because the yardage and the touchdowns had kind of dipped from the prior uh, couple of games. But you still see the completion percentage. It's poking back up towards 70% where it was two years ago. You're seeing even, like I said, even with Freeman back, the passing was still there. And Freeman has a new injury now. He was limited in practice on Wednesday with a foot injury. So I don't think, you know, any, if they were easing him in last week, I don't think they'll just, you know, totally unleash him this week. And the other big thing is the matchup, dude. I mean, Tampa Bay, they were the third worst passing defense per yards per attempt allowed last season at 12.2. This year, they're on straight up historical levels, allowing 14.6 yards per attempt. Like that's, that's like just otherworldly. That would be two yards worse than the worst team overall from last season. So, um, you got that, the game, I mean, Vegas sees this too. The game has a 58 total. That's five points ahead of the next game on the main slate. A lot of points to score here with the running attack banged up. I just think Ryan, I just think he's viable. I mean, yeah, he's, he's somewhat expensive and he's one of the biggest price risers on the season, but I, I think it's for a good reason. Uh, week through week five, you know, and sample size is starting to come down here. Or, or, excuse me, starting to sort of level out. But uh, Tampa Bay is so far beyond the next team, actually, who's actually Atlanta in DVOA, uh, 28%, 28% uh, defensive DVOA. Next closest is 21%. That's so bad. It's so much worse than everyone else. So even if you think right. they're due for some regression, how far are they going to regress? Back down to second to last? I mean, it's going to be – and that would just be from this game because they're playing Atlanta. So, yeah, I think I'm with you. Again, it always worries me a little bit when we can't count on that, these, this one other little stat. Uh, well, it's not even a little stat. This one other piece – of the running attack. Yeah, well, with Watson, you get four points for free to start the game. And that that is definitely a fundamental difference. Worth noting with Ryan, you get one point out of the rushing. <laughs> like, it's not nothing yeah. at all. Uh, but And he has two rushing touchdowns. I suspect that won't happen as often with uh, with their two healthy running backs. And yeah, like I, I guess like he's he's just in the, in the conversation question for me. Like, I think between him and Watson, you're getting safety in different ways. Uh, in this game, you know, just the sheer matchup plus Vegas total leads me to believe that there's going to be a lot of points. Now, Ryan can burn you if they just decide to go the way of the run, especially when they're down and close. Like, that's definitely a thing that can happen. Uh, the other thing here, too, is that Tampa Bay, you know, they're just a weird team right now because part of the reason they've probably given up so many yards anyway is because Fitzpatrick was just murdering people earlier in the season, leading these really, really fast drives, putting up tons of points of his own, forcing other teams to try the pass. And that just might not happen with Winston under center now. So, um so yeah, anyway, I think that's worth keeping an eye on. But yeah, Watson was the other one. Yep. Uh, I'm imagining your gut tells you you like Watson better. Uh, Watson's just been great again this season. The completion percentage is interesting. You know, people really loved his play last year. He's just been straight up better this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's passing for 80 more yards per game. He's upped his completion rate from 62 to 65. He's even rushing for more yardage per game uh, with a lot of people were which a lot of people were concerned about. You know, we've seen uh, running quarterbacks come back from injury and run less. Uh, and arguably, he's just running bad with only nine touchdowns through five games, given how reliant the Texans' offense is on him. So I really, really like Watson against the Bills here, too. Uh, the Bills, I think, are a demonstrably worse matchup than Tampa Bay, but still nothing to be too scared of uh, unless you want to just pull out that one Vikings game and 
you know, kind of hang your hat on that. But uh, well, I don't know. They, yeah, they hung with Tennessee. Them. I mean, like the Bills are weird. I, like the Bills. Are... Tennessee, Tennessee blows, dude, and they, and they lost by forty five points to the Ravens. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but the Vikings <laughs> lost by forty points to the Vikings. All I'm saying is that the the. The, the Vikings, I guess, I, I'm not saying they're good. I'm saying that they're a hard team to get a handle on. That's all I mean. Um, like they're, it, it's it's hard to tell. The Vikings are a hard team to get a handle sorry, on. Sorry, 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 Buffalo, Buffalo. Um, but the Bills are a hard team to get a, for me to get a handle on. I don't think they're good by any means, and yet they you know they play kind of slow. Their defense has been okay this year. Um, they have well, that's why I said they're a much worse matchup than Tampa Bay, right? But I still just don't think they're a matchup you're going to be scared of. Um, no, what, no, versus you're right. like. Like you might not be scared of it, but you also you're probably not like over the moon excited about it in the same way you are with the Tampa Bay thing. So that's actually, you know, I, I think we're probably arguing the same thing, which is that Ryan's matchup is so much better. Like if these guys had the same exact matchup, I think you'd just play Watson. But given that Ryan's matchup is so much better, I think that's what kind of in our systems perspective uh, moves the needle to give him that very very slight point overall points edge at least on Fanduel, and we are getting some price corrections on some of these quarterbacks from early in the season we are like the guys that maybe you know ryan's one of them uh, you wrote up andy dalton he's another one who's been sort of price corrected based on the way cincinnati has used the quarterback you you wrote him up as your third pick he's i would say significantly cheaper on 10 percent cheaper than those guys on DraftKings, right. excuse me on FanDuel. it's not as big of a spread mm-hmm. He's yeah only a hundred cheaper than Watson on DraftKings. I think it's going to be hard to not play Watson on DraftKings. But, I mean, but he's four hundred cheaper than Ryan. He's sixty four hundred. But yeah, on, but the seven eight hundred dollars savings you get on on FanDuel against Pittsburgh, Cincinnati slight favorites minus two and a half, which means yeah, um, you know, I don't know. Vegas probably considers Pittsburgh to be the slightly better team, though it's probably just basically a pick 'em if you're just putting them on uh, a neutral field. Has have they been throwing enough, or does the return of Mixon kind of throw? Are you worried at all that you know they did run Mixon a lot last week and when he came back didn't look like there was any conditioning issues that was some that was the only worry with Mixon going back into to this week I, I know that you wrote up Dalton and Mixon here is it worth is it worth maybe we just cover two birds with one stone on these guys is it worth maybe stacking these guys in cash in against the Pittsburgh team that's a lot of ton of points Yeah well I think it kind of goes the opposite way for me actually so I think. The Bengals make for interesting big tournament plays because one thing I was kind of pulling out when I was writing this cash game article was that they're very game script dependent. Like Dalton has two games this season. Incidentally, the both games where they won, or actually, sorry, they won by 10 points or more three times. In two of those games, he threw just 28 and 30 times, which is to say if there's a game script goes a certain way, they're just going to hand the ball to Mixon and grind the clock down. Right. And I think Mixon's role is like relatively safe regardless. Uh, but when, in close games and games where the Bengals play catch up, Dalton's throwing the ball more like 40 times a game. And, you know, one of those games was sort of an outlier. You know, Flacco had 55 attempts in their game against the Ravens. So there was just a lot of possessions to be handed around. Uh, but yeah, I think if you, if you believe this game is going to be close, if you think the Steelers are going to be taking fast possessions as well and going to be airing the ball out, I think there's a game script where something like a Dalton Boyd or Dalton Green combo can can definitely go off, and the savings is very very significant for big tournaments. I also think that people don't necessarily picture like in a season where there's a lot of really big numbers being put up. You know, there's a, a lot of upside to dream on in various positions. I think the aesthetics of picking Dalton over some of those names is going to feel weird for people. And against Pittsburgh, I think people don't really, they're not quite on the bandwagon yet that Pittsburgh just isn't, you know, Pittsburgh just has this feeling of a defensive team, but this year they've given up the fourth most passing yards. So, right. you know, their own, the combination of their own high-flying offense plus their kind of subpar secondary means that this game is just going to have a lot of points. I mean, it also, this has the second highest total on the main slate. And paying down for Dalton means you can pay up elsewhere. It means you're going to have an unusual lineup uh, compared to the guys who take, you know, the chalk more expensive guys. So that's kind of why I like Dalton. I, I think 
I, I just as soon, like, I think the way the lineups wind up shaking out is you probably don't want to pair him and Mixon, also just because I think Mixon won't be as chalk as some other guys that we'll get to in a second. But yeah, I like both of them for big tournaments. Yeah, um, that game, uh, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati allow the fourth and fifth, excuse me, allow the fourth and fifth most opponent plays per game, which is to say they just play pretty yeah. fast paced. Um, they're you know, they're yeah. in and out of possession. They throw really the key here is they throw a lot. So when you're throwing a lot, obviously yeah. the, the, the clock stops uh, allows the game to just sort of get lengthened in terms of overall plays. So that's mm-hmm. that, now that total has come down a little bit. It started at 54 down to 52 and a half down pretty evenly on both sides. So um, I don't know. That's just maybe people just saw that, you know, look, you can't. It's just hard to put up 54 total points in a football game when it's all said yeah, and done. Yeah. Um, but if two teams I, – I, I am actually surprised that it dropped a little bit just based on sort of the pacing. I guess if both teams return to the run, I mean, we saw Connor – we'll talk about this more in game by game, I guess. But we saw Connor and Mixon both get a lot of carries last week, and maybe that is maybe one of the plan for these teams if things are going well. Mm-hmm. And they, that just hasn't been able to be for both because they fell down early, whatever. So um, we did see the total drop a little bit. Let's get into some of these running backs. You wrote up Gurley. This is a guy we've written up just about every week. I mean, 10,000 on DraftKings. I don't think we can go there. I think this feels like more of a FanDuel play at 9,500. And yet 9,500 on FanDuel seems like, why would you not play him? And this guy has just been the absolute most consistent guy in the world. Is there I mean, do you think do you see him as chalk again? Even the price has come up, and I just I don't know. Like it's, I can't find a reason not to play him really at this point. Yeah, I mean the the thing here, as it has been in previous weeks as well, is that Gurley is all at once the safest running back by far, and there's not a lot of great safety at cheap running backs, and there's plenty of safety at cheap wide receivers and tight ends. <laughs> so, right. well, not super safety at tight ends, but in tight, tight end highly incentivizes you to go cheap this week, uh, which we can get to as well. So it's like, you're going to have some money left over, and why not just spend it on the best, most consistent player in all of fantasy football right now? I think Gurley, you know, week in, week out, let me see here, the, the fewest touches he's had on the season is 21 uh, you know, he sits in the mid-20s with great regularity. He hasn't been great, actually, on a yards per carry basis a couple different times this season. Uh, and, you know, going up against Denver, it's kind of a middle-of-the-road matchup here. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I was looking at the wrong number. In the article, I mentioned <laughs> that Denver has actually allowed just a ton of yards per carry to opponent running backs this year. Uh, there's another one, actually, that and I even just got turned around by this. Uh, the aesthetics of them being the Denver defense... Uh, kind of confused me for a second because actually they've just been terrible, allowing 5.6 yards per carry. And their ma- the opposing matchups for Denver have been not running backs that should have torched them. They got the, the Jets, they got just completely dumpstered by the Jets running attack last week. Uh, Kansas City, Baltimore, Oakland, and Seattle. So like, you know, they're not going up against a who's who of running backs and they've gotten positively shredded. So yeah, I think Gurley, again, it's like a, it's like a Ryan thing. It's a combination of the matchup and being completely reliable and the fact that you're just going to have money left over because if, as you go down the running back list, you know, like some of the other chalk guys from last week, um, you know, Gordon's getting quite expensive. Uh, you got McCaffrey in a medium matchup. He's getting a little bit expensive. Uh, you got Zeke who has had the volume, but man, has it been hard to trust the actual output on the, on the attack for him. I mean, last week touched the ball 27 times for 84 total yards. So uh, I think Gurley is just, I think he's like just where you want to, slot all that extra money that you're going to have lying around yeah so if you look at overall touches on the season well excuse me um implied usage show receiving targets plus rushing attempts uh Gurley is mm-hmm. 126 
uh, the aforementioned Zeke has 122. Then you drop all the way down to 113 with Kamara, but that's not that's not going to sustain now that Ingram. Yeah, because Ingram already stepped back in and took a ton of his touches. Right. Last so then week. you get down to Connor, and so you're already looking at 14 less touches on the season when you get to Connor. So right. and and we agree that Elliott's touches are just not created the same as Gurley simply because the touchdown equity is so much higher on Gurley when they get down and close. He already has nine touchdowns on the season, um, and that's yeah. just that's just their plan. So his team's just better too, and it's just like when you have a better team, it's so much easier to have the ball in your hands. Now, I will say for Zeke, like I, I only listed him as a, a quick note on him at the bottom. I didn't put his sure. picture on the on the website, so maybe you know, hopefully he'll take that as extra motivation to really kick ass this week. But Zeke is too cheap on DraftKings. I think he's like seven thousand or something like that. Yeah. And given that the game script for him doesn't totally matter like he's either going to get his carries if they're winning or it's close like they did against Detroit but he's also been targeted six plus times in three games this season when they've been behind so it strikes me that he'll probably be a very high floor very high owned play on DraftKings for very very good reason it's just like you know going up against Jacksonville is this where you want to land for cash games maybe but I uh there it just carries more risk than it seems with seeing him at 8100 and the the second most touches on the league this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then you wrote up TJ Yeldon. They are now without Fournette. Corey Grant is on IR. Um, I think they're trying to they bring him Jamal Charles. I think they were just like they're just searching for anybody uh, on the waiver yeah. wire that they can bring in at running back. It does seem like Yeldon at least is the is the plan in the short term. Uh, do you see he was a pretty popular play even on Fanduel last week, which I thought was interesting because he did not seem as good in the half point PPR as I guess some mm-hmm. other people thought he would be because. While I trust the targets, I trust that you know he probably gets there on overall, on overall carries and stuff. Excuse me, on overall touches. Um, it does seem like he's just more valuable in the PPR format. But do you see him? He was already popular last week and ended up being good. Caught a touchdown pass. Do you think he, people go back to him as the chalk? I think they might. I mean, last week we talked about him on the Cash Game podcast, and we did so with some trepidation. You had listed him as the like I remember the conversation we had when you were writing the Cash Game article, and you were like, "I literally can't find a third running back," yep. and we kind of settled on T.J. Yeldon. And I think when we feel that way, it's not because like we're missing some really obvious great play. It's just because running back is hard, and running back is still hard this week. <laughs> and so, you know, at least for our optimizers' purposes, it's really, really hard to play like two or three really expensive running backs this week. And for that reason, Yeldon just kind of winds up making the money work in some ways. And so, yeah, last week I think he wound up almost with fifty percent ownership for cash games. Yep. And well, even though the price has gone up about ten percent you're still seeing like the thing you saw from him last week that has to be reassuring is that the team was down 20 points going into halftime like they were down by 20 points and he still touched the ball 18 times and had 100 total 122 yards with a touchdown plus the eight receptions you know so you get four extra points on FanDuel and eight on DraftKings like that's a level of safety that's really really hard to achieve and if that's just the Jags plan right now and it seems to be working I see no reason why they would get away from it against Dallas um the passing game uh, continues to have question marks. You know, they, they don't know exactly where they want to put the ball there. I think Yeldon is just a good cash game play. As, as weird as it sounds and as bad as it will feel if he's got five carries for 18 yards going into halftime next week. But I, uh, I'm a believer in Yeldon. And yes, I do think he will be a cash game play. Yeah, and we know that Dallas is demonstrably worse without Sean Lee there. Um, they've been they've been better against the run this year, um, but they're just not, they're just a, you know, a mediocre team at best. And they've been terrible against the run this year. They've allowed the second highest yards per carry. I, I was surprised to see their that. Their DBOA too. is, um, uh, oh no, excuse me, I was looking at DBOA offense. Whoops. So take that back. Um, I will reload that. And give you the right <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did the same thing with the Denver dudes. And, and give you the <laughs> The correct stack because I was like, wait a second, this doesn't this doesn't feel right at all. Um, okay, so let's get into some of these wide receivers. We have guys that are just week in and week out getting just a million targets. Adam Thielen again um, just sees 
a huge game. Well, his ownership wasn't as high last week on DraftKings. We I thought he was just a locked DraftKings play at seven thousand or in that seven thousand range, um, or maybe it was seventy seven hundred. Mm-hmm. I think uh, last week his price has climbed up to eighty five hundred, eighty six on FanDuel. Are we just looking at him as possibly just will he end the season? You know with the most targets in the league, it's, it's sure looking like it's going to be right. the case this year, um, at least so far. Things change quickly. Um, you can get, you know, a 19-target game out of somebody like Antonio Brown all of a sudden, and those things jump do jump around, or there is variance. And yet there isn't as much variance, it doesn't seem like, in terms of just overall target share uh, this season. You wrote Thielen and Brown together. Do you have – they're very close in price, a little bit more expensive for Brown on FanDuel. Do you have – we're not going to be able to play both of them almost definitely just because of the pricing tiers. But do do you have a hunch one way or the other which way you'd like to go, um, or does it seem, or does it seem clear, or is it just so muddy? Yeah, so I, I put them both in the article, but I did so mostly to like kind of contrast them and and kind of talk about how this is really a case study in trying to determine do you pick the new riser or the stalwart older guy and. This I think this is about as close as it possibly gets. Because if you told anyone that Antonio Brown was leading the league in targets going into Week Six, and that he was, you know, he was just basically in the same price range as some other players, and you said he he had a good matchup in the game with a second highest total, you'd be like, well, you're just going to play Antonio Brown and then work around it, right? Uh, but Thielen has really made that challenging for everyone. Uh, right now, he ties Antonio Brown for the league league in targets. But he has 12 more receptions and like 208, 16 more receiving yards than Brown does. Brown has had a lot of conversion issues this season. Now, I think part of that will just come out in the wash with sample size stuff as the season goes along. Like, I think he's kind of like the anti-Michael Thomas where Thomas won't finish the season with a 94% conversion rate and Brown probably won't finish the season with a 53% conversion rate. But I think they're far enough apart that, and again, given that you can get a 500 dollar savings on Thielen, um, I think it just kind of moves the needle there. I mean, for what it's worth, we have Brown as scoring, let's see here, yeah, 0.3 more fantasy points than Thielen this week, but the $500 savings winds up moving the needle. Um, you know, and this is in spite of, and it's and it's kind of a weird matchup situation, I should say, too, uh, going up against the Cardinals, because uh, Patrick Peterson probably will wind up covering Stefan Diggs, which kind of makes this like a Sterling Shepard, Odell Beckham situation from a couple weeks ago, where this could be even in a greater target share week for Thielen than he's had in the past, even though he's had a huge target share then too. So I think all that together, I would lean Thielen and I would be nervous if the chalk was on Antonio Brown going into the game. Yeah, uh, I think I'm totally on, I'm totally on board here. Thielen is just, I think he's just there. I, I just don't see any reason uh, to get away from him at this point, knowing that he's a little cheaper. And I think those targets are just going to continue to materialize. Now you have DeAndre Hopkins after him. I mean, obviously we're going to we're talking price here, and you know we're listing three very expensive wide receivers. Well, I listed him as a DraftKings play, so yeah. I, I don't know. You probably didn't have time to go in and read every word of the article. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not denigrating the article. I, I, I did, and I did not. No, I know, but I'm saying I'm just trying to clarify. Yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to imply that you play these guys all on Fanduel. What I was listing was Thielen and Brown as the obvious FanDuel plays yep. and then highlighting Hopkins as the DraftKings play. Hopkins is a thousand cheaper than these guys on DraftKings and has a resume that stacks up against theirs. I mean, I think he's like fifth in the league in targets right now, fourth, but he's, yep. or I'm sorry, fourth in the league in targets, but leads the entire NFL in receiving yards. We've seen him be incredible with Watson in the past and Fuller's return didn't seem to hurt him at all. I mean, Fuller had just three targets last week. Uh, you saw Kute get some additional target share, but Hopkins is very, very clearly the number one there. And again, it's 7700 That's like where Thielen was last week. It's a joke of a price. Um, no matter what the game script is, Hopkins should be heavily involved. And when you can get, like, it's just a good metric, right? Like we've talked about this countless times. If 
we're battling over all three guys and like they're all in the discussion on FanDuel in a similar $9,000 price range, but one guy is $1,000 cheaper on the other side, yep. then you can probably just play him and you know not have to think too hard about it. Yeah, um, right now uh, it's actually it's suggesting you play both Thielen and uh, Hopkins on DraftKings and for, sure. in terms of our system uh, and just kind of taking a punt either at one of the wide receivers or, uh, mm-hmm. or the tight end position as well. We'll get more into that in the game by game. You mentioned Michael Crabtree here. Uh, you know, the Flacco has... Uh, clearly, they've, they've been more confident in Flacco throwing the ball now that they have uh, a clearly upgraded receiver core with uh, he with, yeah. with uh, Brown, Crabtree, and um, oh, I'm forgetting the third guy. Jeez, I'll get to it. Like, man, I just totally blanked into the third guys. Anyway, with the clearly clearly upgraded receiver core uh, with those three guys. Uh, oh, sneak, jeez. Um, and uh, do you think that Crabtree sees enough of these targets? I mean, they have thrown downfield a little bit more to Brown. Uh, Crabtree has not seen as much of the red zone usage as I thought he would in this offense, and yet he's still seeing pretty consistent target share. Is this like just a price play for you at this point? Because he's, he's fallen down to, yeah, 4700 on DraftKings. Well, that's it. I mean, $4,700 on DraftKings for a guy who's averaging 10 targets a game in his last four games and probably would on the season had they not beaten Buffalo by 44 points in week one. Um, getting that many targets for 4700 is just not a fair price. Uh, you know, there's really no other way to put it. I think he's probably, you know, arguably running bad in terms of receptions, given how they use him. I think you could see the conversion percentage come up. I think you can absolutely see the touchdowns come up. I think, you know, he hasn't had the red zone usage. And this is like another big theme I kind of hit on throughout the article this week was that, yeah, we're five games into the season and that is almost a third of the season now but like it still is only five games and while some things are going to normalize pretty quickly like target share like i don't think you would want to look and say oh he's averaging 10 targets a game but it's only five games well no because teams just choose that right so it's like that's not up to it's not like a home run in baseball if people could choose to hit a home run they would always hit a home run Um, but where you're batting the lining lineup is going to give you more plate appearances and the thing with Crabtree is just getting that level of target share on such a consistent basis. I think we can wait for some of these other stats to come up and normalize. So I'm expecting more yards for him. him. I'm expecting more receptions and I'm expecting more touchdowns. And I think he's just criminally cheap on a site where we'd really, really like to A, get guys who get targeted a lot thanks to the PPR and B, get guys that are cheap so we can fit in. Like it's always just harder to make the pricing work on DraftKings and, and he really alleviates that for us. Um, I skipped over Tyler Boyd. Tip. I skipped over Tyler Boyd here. Uh, like, do you? I mean, I probably should have said him first. Let me let me just finish the Ravens first, yeah, then yeah. we can get back to Tyler Boyd. So, the other guy just just getting tons and tons of targets on the Ravens, and for me, he's like only a big tournament play. Uh, but you know, Chris brought him up as a potential cash game play, so I wanted to address it. it. Was John Brown? I think Brown also getting a lot of targets, but to contrast him with Crabtree. He probably stands to have really big conversion issues just on the way he's always been used throughout his career, uh, both in Arizona and here. And he, I mean, he probably won't turn 14 targets into only four receptions in every game. And he's definitely got big tournament upside. Like he can just catch and run with the ball and give you a 200. Like there's going to be a, a game this season if he keeps getting targets like this, where he'll have like nine catches for 180 yards and two touchdowns. But he'll also have plenty of games where it's three catches for 40 yards. So uh, so just want to caution people there. But you were asking about Tyler Boyd? Yeah, Tyler Boyd. Um, he ends up being pretty popular play last week. Doesn't totally yeah. get there uh, just in terms of overall yeah. targets and stuff with Mixon coming back. Um, but do you see him – I mean, his price doesn't really move because obviously the week five performance just wasn't maybe yeah. up to expectation. Only saw seven targets, went four for 44, uh, no touchdowns. Still clearly the wide receiver two in this in this offense. Um, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, with the with Eifert gone for the season, um, do you still see him as a cash game option in what could be a high scoring game? I feel like this guy kind of he kind of feels like close to a cash lock for me. 
Yeah, he's fierce just seems free right now. Um, 6,300, again, like he's kind of the exact kind of enabler we want for a week where there's just a lot of really attractive, well, either really attractive big money guys like those wide receivers or guys that kind of feel like, like if I don't pay up, like Gurley, he's a good play at a high price point and the mid-range guys are kind of bad. <laughs> so like you kind of get it both ways. Um, and so, yeah, if I can find savings in the mid-range with a player like Boyd, I'm going to do that. I think 6,300, I still think he ends the season as a $7,000 wide receiver. And, you know, being the, a wide receiver too, like there's going to be some games that aren't quite as good as others. But the really reassuring thing on Boyd is we also saw the Bengals like full-on willingness to just just pound the ball to him. And, you know, he had a 15-target game two games ago against Atlanta. He had a nine-target game against Baltimore earlier this season. He's topped 91 yards three times to use arbitrary endpoints. But, yeah, I think Boyd is a good play still. And I think he's, again, like the Boyd-Dalton pairing, really interesting for me for big tournaments because I think people will be off Boyd for upside purposes just because there's so many shiny new objects. But he's the type of guy. I mean, if he, if he can get 15 targets in a game, he can have a 30-point game. So I like Boyd a lot this week. Yeah, I think we have a lot to talk about in the game-by-game game tomorrow too because I, you know, we're skipping over even guys yeah. who have had big games like Connor, like especially for GBP stacks. There's a lot of different ways you can oh, go yeah. um, on just guys who have seen like some weird – just some weird fluctuations in their overall projection. Yes, it's, a, it's an exciting week. Um, and I think that's going to be my premium article this week. It's just some of the um, standard deviation stuff that we've seen over the first five weeks of the season. Oh, and maybe uh, guys that have, you know, are this is the standard deviation real or is things set to normalize over the short term? I saw a funny tech, uh, text. I saw a funny tweet this morning. I sound like an old person. That tells me <laughs> I saw a funny text for me. Doesn't know the difference between text and Twitter. But um, I saw a funny tweet this morning. <laughs> That was uh, why were you tweeting me this morning? Mama <laughs> was texting me. <laughs> why were you on the tweeter? The uh, the um, it was a funny it was a, a tweet to at the DK support line and it was like, hey DK, I'm over on DraftKings trying to see the rest of your tight end list. I keep trying to scroll up, but there's no more names there, um, which I thought was a pretty good way to sum up just the overall right. issue with tight end. Uh, this is something yeah. that we talked about in our premium chat last week. Uh, was that at some point, the way the new NFL is going, I just wouldn't be shocked to see the tight end go the way of the catcher, like in FanDuel baseball, where they just said, screw mm-hmm. this, dude. Like, just make it a flex. There's yeah. just no reason. They make it a flex, and they make it another flex position, or just like roll it back. Keep it the same pricing, but just don't make you have to play one of these guys. Um, if, if there is a value mm-hmm. out there, go for it. And if there's not, trying to force you it's just not fun i mean we saw 75 percent ownership on vance mcdonald that's that's, last that's week. really the, that's the thing that's like actually the number one uh that's like that's like the best example of why this position might just need to go when a guy who basically almost splits time doesn't even split time but there's a second tight end in this team and vance mcdonald's like not even that good right like, he's okay and he's, like, he's bad actually right. no he's actively bad he's not okay he, he's bad he was For only there because he's a, just he was said, a bad play but you couldn't play any you literally could not play anyone else Right for That's cash, for cash games. Ridiculous. So seventy five percent, seventy five percent on ownership is like time to. It's like look yourself in the mirror time about what how we should yes. make our make our lineups. And yet even on DraftKings, they they still price these guys so damn cheap that you, sometimes it just forces you to take some of the higher end guys. Anyway, talk to me a little bit of here about tight end. It doesn't seem like there's that many options to begin with, and I feel like we could end up seeing a pretty chalk week out of some of these guys. Yeah, so it's going to be tricky. Um, I think I'll start on DraftKings where I think it's a little bit easier. Um, I think you're just going to see David Njoku be the chalk play there. I mean, he's got 11 targets last week, seven targets the week before that. He's 3,800, so he's in that kind of bargain basement, too cheap territory. And again, like last week, I mean, there's just countless examples of this, but the second place lineup in the FanDuel Million had Nick Vanette with three for 43 that was right. the second place fan million lineup like 
I just want to reiterate that this is the worst position I think we've ever seen in any sport since we started doing DFS. That's I don't want to be like too inflammatory there, but that's how it feels. And so anyway, Njoku gives you an option that is going to have a high floor. I think on both sides, frankly, but on DraftKings in particular, it's going to be pretty surprising if someone else supplants him. Um, I don't know if that, that doesn't seem controversial to me. Do you have any disagreement there? No, I don't. I think that's fine. He's too cheap on DraftKings. Um, I think one guy, yeah. you know, you mentioned Ebron here too. Uh, Ebron with no do- Well, on FanDuel, I think it gets more interesting. Yeah. I, you know, Ebron's only a thousand more than him on FanDuel. He's got the Jets. Luck's throwing the ball. Luck has the most passing attempts on the league in the league this season. Or I'm sorry, is it most or second most? Anyway, he's he's up there. And Ebron had so many targets and was so good, but like 6,500 for Eric Ebron. We got this guy for 4,700 three weeks ago. Right. Like it's a and we've seen this what guy you, be so all over the place in, in terms of like his overall production. He has a lot of drops on the season. Course, um, yeah. Like just you know, he, the conversion rate is not what you see. I think we could see. We get out of here and we'll talk more about these guys in the game by game. But I think you could see just another Vance McDonald, Vance McDonald ish kinds of plays this week, depending on injury. So like if OJ Howard sits, I think at forty five hundred for Cameron Brait, you just say forget it. I'll just do it, you know, and I'll just live with the four targets or five targets and and just get plays elsewhere. I think like the same for like maybe Niles Paul if, if uh, now that Safarian Jenkins is out for the season. Yeah, um, I wrote I wrote up Paul. I think Paul's another interesting guy. I mean, nine targets, very, very cheap. Brait, I, I, he's showing up right now. He has a boost because it looked like OJ Howard's injury was more yep. serious than it probably is. So, you know, keep an eye on that. Like, you probably don't want to play Brait on four targets, but if Howard is out, I think Brait's he probably will be the chalk play this on, on Fandle. This is like so. 2018, man. We're talking about you know tight ends with five targets. I, like again, we had Vance McDonald at five <clears throat> at five total uh, projected targets last week, and it was like 100 percent play. You got it. Have fun. Every, everyone agreed. By the way, like it's just crazy. Yeah. Anyway, okay, we'll talk more about these guys uh, in game to game. We'll get through some of the defenses there as well because I think there are some interesting defensive positions. That is a posi- that is a position where they have really spread out the pricing for both sites, um, making it a little bit tougher to kind of hone yeah. in. But we can also talk about uh, and I'll do some queries today about some of these uh, to have some numbers about talking about where defenses like just sort of the variance on overall defenses and what kind of safety or really lack of safety you get from paying up for some of these teams we'll talk about more about that tomorrow all right we are out of here cash game uh week six plays in the book we'll be back for our game by game podcast tomorrow uh, where we really take a deep dive into each game and what you can expect uh, from a fantasy perspective on FanDuel and DraftKings. DFSR.com slash deals gets you the podcast listener uh, that $5 off per month subscription package. So go check that out. Optimal lineups for FanDuel and DraftKings plus all of our other premium offerings. Buddy, good to be back on the podcast. I'll talk to you tomorrow for the mega podcast game by game. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.